0: Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message at Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy this message. Good morning, Mount Hope. You know, you know, you know it's really, really strange sometimes that when you're a speaker, you wonder if the word that God gave you is actually the word that you're supposed to give. You know you you have that feeling like, really, Lord, you know, really, but everything since I came in, the door this morning is pointed right to the message, so God gives a witness from the day i from the moment I mean that I saw Sue to the word that Melanie gave to the word that Brother Ron gave, Brother Gene gave. They kept giving me these words and they kept going in the same path always. And it's so amazing that God does this kind of thing. (coughs) Because we're going to talk today about the power of the spoken word. And man, we had some power going on there for a little while, didn't we? This morning. Worship is prayer. And it got a little loud. And I could see the smile on God's face. Because you are actually using that voice, that precious thing that he gave you, to bring praises to him. And I don't care who you are, I don't care where you're from, if you're praising the Lord, you get blessed. It comes this way. It may come out of your mouth, but it comes back this way, right? Scripture tells us, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. The next verse says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. so. Those whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Now I know that's you. And if there's someone in here that does not know that they are redeemed, then we need to talk, right? And today, right after church, is the perfect time to do that. Don't get away. But the redeemed should say so. The spoken word, we're going to open in prayer. Join with me. Oh, by the way, you can join your voice with me too if you'd like. It's all about voices, right? Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you today that you have given us a tool to use, Lord, to address this world and to address you. Father, fill us with a knowing that we are in your likeness, that we are not a mistake, that these voices that you have given us are meant to be heard. Lord, fill the place with your presence. Touch every heart. In Jesus' name, amen. So the power of the spoken word. There's great power in our words. And I'm not talking about just Christians. Because every human is created in God's likeness, right? not just Christians, all people, are created in the likeness of God, and when God speaks, things happen. Would you agree with that? When God speaks, things happen. Hebrews 11.3 tells us that by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. That's power. We have no doubt that's power. Psalm 33.9, three nine. He spoke. God spoke, it was done. He commanded, it stood fast. There's nothing in that anywhere that has any even an inkling of doubt in it, does it? Not any doubt. He spoke, it was done, period. He commanded, it stood fast. No doubt. We have no doubt in that. And everybody knows this verse. We've quoted this forever, right? So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. But what happens? It'll accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. When God speaks, things happen. Always and always, forever. Amen. Now, what about our words? See, now we're created in the image of God. He gave us this voice. He didn't give us all this voice, but he gave us this voice, right? We all have the ability and the capability of communicating with each other and with God. Now, we're not going to go out after church today and speak any new worlds into existence. Okay? We're not going to do that. But what some of us may do, and we'll probably do, is we'll leave church today and we'll go out and we will speak into existence some new situations with our voice, because you know, every one of you knows that with your voice, with your tongue, you can either heal or wound. You can either, either encourage or you can discourage, right? You can either build up or you can tear down. We have that capability as human beings not necessarily a great one to have but we do have it. James 3 tells us that with the same tongue we bless God and curse men which are made in the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth blessing and cursing comes. And then James tells us those things should not be. It sounds like mom when I was a kid, right? You know that? That's not some great revelation, right? You know that. That you know, My dad said if you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. You know, I mean, that's James 3 all over the place, right? So we can do all of that. Any one of those situations we create after church, I hope you don't do that, but if you create a situation after church, Make sure that you realize that that particular situation that was created was created from an abundance of your heart. because the word that came out of your mouth is your heart, right? Let's look at Matthew. Let's look at Matthew chapter 12. There's not a slide here for it. I, uh, I tend to teach out of King James, but it won't sound like it because I translate it when I read it. After 45 years, you do that, right? You just do that. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. In verse 33, he says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt. Why? The tree is known by its fruit. And then Jesus does something very important. He makes a connection between your mouth and fruit. In verse 34, he says, O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? He was just talking about fruit. Now he's talking about words. How can you, being evil, speak good things? An evil man, uh, for out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure brings forth good things, good fruit, good words. But an evil person out of the evil treasure build up in them brings forth just the opposite. The evil things, the evil words, the evil fruit. And then to bring it to a point, he gives us verse 36 and verse 37. 36 says, But I say to you that every idle word that a man speaks, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. That should make you duck. Because we've all had those idle moments, right? Verse 37, For by thy words... You shall be justified, and by your words, you shall be condemned. Why? By your words, you'll be justified, or by your words, you'll be condemned, because your words reflect the abundance of your heart. The words that come out of your mouth have a direct line to your heart. We're designed to accomplish things with our voices. That's kind of what I'm hoping to do today, right? Accomplish something with my voice. And we do that. We're designed that way. But I can guarantee you right now that the words that I have already spoken have already had an effect on your life. Because I know how God works. And if I say, Scripture tells us, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks, that hit you. Somebody sitting in here in their heart said, Oh. Right? Ouch. It has an effect. God's word is living and powerful. It's not just words. They're his. And when I speak forth his words, not mine, they have an effect on your heart because he created you in his likeness. It's like a direct path. So, but the the effect that what I said has on you is determined by what's already in your heart. If you were sitting in here a few minutes ago worshiping the Lord and you are filled with that joy and that peace, the words that I say to you reflect what? I was really, really happy. I was loving the Lord. He was loving on me. The abundance of your heart is that. If you fought with your spouse coming to church, you know, you kicked the dog or whatever you do, you came in here, you tried to worship, it felt like it got about that far and just kind of fell off on the floor, Then when I said the abundance of your heart, it had a whole different effect on you. Because everything you remembered is what happened to you. The effect of God's word is important, but it's very powerful. The words that come out of our mouth are the same. The abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. God has given us a voice to speak for him and to him. Uh... I don't know why this is so, but in the last, I don't know, 10, 15, 20, maybe years, I've noticed that Christians get quiet. They get very quiet. But they get quiet for Jesus. But I also notice they get quiet to Jesus. Right? It's quiet. I mean, you know, it's like a pin dropping in here right now. You know? My belly growled you to hear it. It gets quiet. Why? Since when? Since when do Christians who are filled with the Spirit of God, who love the Lord, since when are they quiet? What do we got quiet to be about? We got nothing, we have no reason to be quiet. We have every reason to be loud. Is is that true? I don't know why it happened. And yes, I know God hears your thoughts. I know He hears the intentions of your thoughts. There's nothing new, right? I'm not saying everybody's got to pray really loud all the time. That doesn't even make sense, right? There's times when you're going to be quiet. I'm just saying they should be rare. (laughs) I'm saying most of the time you should use your voice to pray. And I'm going to tell you why. Of course, you know, I can't just say it without showing it, right? I've got to tell you why. But you really need to uh, speak that out. Matthew 6 does say, Jesus himself said, go in the closet, Go away secretly and pray. He didn't say silently. He said secretly. And yes, it's because of verse 5. Verse 5, if you are a person that has a problem with pride and arrogance, and you want to stand up and, and pray so that everyone can hear you, then you're the one that needs to go to the closet. Right? You know, you need to go to the closet. Or at least pray in a whisper. <laughs> right? There are people that fight pride. I gave up on pride a long time ago. You know, you may feel prideful when you first start in this kind of a business, this calling, but it don't last very long. Because God brings you right back where reality is at real fast. So you don't have to worry about that part of it. Why do I make such a big deal out of using your voice? I know this is going to be odd for some of you. I understand. Honest. But Jesus wants you to use your voice. Song of Solomon is a love story between Jesus and the bride. Right? And in the last chapter of the Song of Solomon, Jesus tells the bride, which is you guys, your companions are fortunate to hear your voice. Let me hear it too. Let me hear it too. Very special thing going on. Very special thing. David knew it. David said, as for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. My voice. Psalm 116, 1 and 2. I love the Lord. You were just singing it. (laughs) I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayers for mercy because he bends down to listen to me. I will pray as long as I have breath. It does not take breath to think a prayer. It takes breath to get it out. He wants to hear from us. He really, really wants to hear from us. Why? This is cool, isn't it? Look at that. Angels approach and demons flee at the call of the child of God. When you go to war, you don't take an empty gun. You don't. When you go to war, you take some praise. We're talking spiritual war. You take a loud, firm voice. You speak into this world the things that God has told you to speak into this world, the things that are true to you, that saved you, the promises of God in your life. Now, you go to a prayer meeting, what happens? But, you know, this, this freaks me out. Now, I know I'm not like everybody else. You know, God knows I'm not like everybody else, right? But when I pray, I think of what Jesus did. You remember the, the, the Garden of Gethsemane? He prayed. He pleaded. Hebrews 5 tells us what happened. And it says, and when Jesus was on the earth, he prayed with loud cries and pleadings. Jesus, with loud cries and pleadings. And I think, well, Jesus, if you had to pray, my Lord, my Savior, with loud cries and pleadings to your Father, whom you knew would hear you, how could I do less? I am not facing that particular cross that he was, but I'm facing all kinds of crosses, right? You've got to carry that cross. So I have to address all of those in the same frame of mind as my Lord. Amen? Loud cries and pleadings. What are pleadings? Have you ever heard that cool word supplications? You know us old king James people use weird language. Supplication is nothing but a humble, earnest prayer. Humble, earnest. We're told to pray fervently. Fervently is passionately intense. Jesus prayed with passionate intense he cried aloud with tears yeah do you agree okay that's what he did I should do that you should do that heaven knows we have enough burdens in our lives that we can bring to the to the Lord right we've got lots of those they're everywhere he prayed that way uh Why do we do that? What are the benefits? Why would, why would I ask you to pray out loud? Well, there's one. That's a good one right there. Angels approach, demons flee. Enter into the throne room. There ain't no room for Satan in the throne room. He don't, he don't belong. He don't get to come. You get to go. He don't, right? Demons flee, angels approach. Back to uh, why we do it, the benefit when you pray with your voice, there is a huge release in your spirit. If you have not felt this or done this, you need to pray out loud a lot. This will happen. There is a freedom that is released in your life when you reveal the abundance of your heart to God. A freedom. You're set free. How many people prayed in their mind, nice and quiet, and all of a sudden they realize their mind's going a thousand directions. They can't concentrate. They try to pray it's over there, it's over there. Maybe it's someplace it shouldn't be. Maybe it's on the pot roast. Maybe it's on Uncle Billy. Maybe it's on your mind. When your mouth's not engaged, your mind wanders. You want to stop that? Pray out loud. Does Satan bother you in your mind? When you're praying and open your mouth, he'll stop. That will stop. When the abundance of your heart comes out of your mouth in a prayer to your father, Satan backs up. Child of God, Satan backs up. He ain't got no place there. If you're going to paw around and play with it and want to pray in your mind, and it's usually fear that someone will hear you. I don't know what that's about either, but that's true. Satan can play with you. But if you say, no, we're not going to do this. I'm going to open my mouth. I'm going to worship my Lord. I'm going to bring my burdens with my mouth. What you feel in your heart, Melanie, what you feel in your heart, like the word the Lord gave her, I know what's behind the smile. Right? (laughs) The abundance of your heart. That needs to come out of your mouth. Right? It just just has to come out. So, you remember uh, Matthew 12. It's true that the words, the abundance of your heart is where the words come from because they are nothing more than a reflection of your heart. Romans chapter 10, verse 8. We use these verses all the time in evangelism. Right? Some of you guys can spout them off like nothing. I'm going to start at verse 8. Romans chapter 10, verse 8. What's it say? It says, the word is near you. It's even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you shall confess with your mouth. See, there's a lot of mouth going on here, isn't there? You confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. You believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. For with your heart you believe. And with your mouth you confess. See the connection? With your heart you believe. With your mouth you confess. When you, uh, from the heart you believe unto righteousness. With your mouth you confess unto salvation. Verse 11 kicks in. This is, sounds good and this kind of stuff happens. See verse 11 in the print up there? A confessing mouth is a result of a believing heart. Verse 11 says that we will never be ashamed to use that confessing mouth, which is the fruit of a believing heart. Voice. Confess. Makes noise. Make noise. Not just because you're Pentecostal, but because you're Christian. Right? Make some noise. Speak up for the Lord. The word is in your mouth and in your heart. Let it come out. There's that one right there. When we first started, I said, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he's good. His mercy endures forever, right? But what happens to the body of Christ when we get together to pray? A corporate prayer meeting, whatever you want to call it, a gathering. What happens? We all come expecting what? We come expecting unity, intercession, deliverance, healing, salvations, baptisms in the Holy Spirit, confirmations of callings, sending outs you name it. Anything to do with the kingdom, we expect. But I can't figure it out, guys, because what should be the most unified body in history, the body of Christ. There should be nobody more unified than us. We get together in a group and then individually Individually pray. So, what does that look like? We seek answers to prayer alone in a crowd. Isn't that not what we do? When we get together, don't we do that? We have 50 people praying, 50 individuals praying for 50 different things. Right? We have. You could have done that at home. Why are we here together? What's the connection of doing this? A crowd of fellow seekers, our very own brothers and sisters, the ones that should already know our heart, the ones that love us, the ones that want to pray for us. But we come together and we look at each other like, who's first? don't we? Don't we? Who's going to start this thing? Who's the leader? We always do that. I mean I've been in thousands of prayer meetings in my life and almost all of them start like that. Okay, who's first? Maybe it should be who's got the biggest need but then again everybody thinks their needs biggest so I mean it did not really help. right? How do you start that? What's this look like? I know this is a paradigm shift for you. I come from the old school. And I see some faces that probably are old enough to come from some old schools with me. Yeah, I come from the old school. Our old prayer meetings were two, or three hours long. It was like normal. People all over the building, standing, kneeling, sitting, whatever. All over the place. We're all together in this room, and they're all praying out loud at the same time. When I first came in, I thought, you're all nuts. God can't hear that. Well, if God can hear three billion people think a thought, and know the intent in their heart, he can hear 50 people talk. And it doesn't bother him a bit. What it does do is free you up. You go to a prayer meeting, and you think, well, I don't have anything really prayer-sounding to say. I can't pray in King James, or you know what I mean? You don't have that, you know. You have the wrong impression, because you're not there to impress somebody. You're there... So either praise the Lord, lay a burden on the altar, or have some other brother or sister that loves you pray with you. That's what that's all about. So if you come with a, a preconceived idea of what this should look like, it should never look the same twice. Why? You don't all have the same burdens every time. Am I making sense? That's a prayer meeting. I'm running out of time already. That's a prayer meeting. Just to give you a, an intro into the ninth, April 9th. It was on the, the overhead that we're going to have a prayer meeting. That's the kind of prayer meeting we're going to have. Brother Roger's going to give us some worship, however he determines. A couple songs in there, right? To get our hearts toward God. And then we're going to go to prayer. Amen. We're going to kick down some... Gates, we're going to worship the Lord. If you're not saved and you wonder what this is about, show up. That happens in prayer meetings, salvation. I've seen people get saved in a prayer meeting when they were among the leadership of the church because they really didn't know Jesus. They, They didn't smoke, drink, swear, that kind of stuff, so everybody thought they were doing really well when, in fact, they didn't know the Lord. I've seen pastors get saved. Pastors. I've seen them get saved in prayer meetings. I've seen people that swore up and down they would never be filled with the Holy Spirit because your Pentecostals are all nuts. I've seen them on the floor, praising the Lord, filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't, you don't come expecting... You you come expecting, you don't come thinking, you know what's going to happen, because it's not, it's just not going to be that way, right? So when you come April 9th, this is how you come, expecting, expecting, expecting. You don't know what, but expecting. You have a burden that you're dragging around in a bag behind you that's tied you down, you bring it, but don't bring it and then hide it under your chair. Part of prayer is intercession. Is that right? Part of prayer is intercession. How do we pray for your burden when we don't even know you got it? Does that make sense? It's like saying, Lord, of all these blessed people that are your children, if they have any, well, of course they have them, burdens, let them all be taken away. That's really generic, right? Really generic. It's like saying, if anybody's sick, heal them. That's really generic. Can it happen? Of course it can happen. God can do anything. He can heal you all, whatever you got, in the next five seconds, just like that. We need to be more specific. We need to come expecting God to do something in our lives. We need to come with our eyes wide open. And not letting go until you have that answer. Persistence, perseverance, pleadings come real. All right? I said there's two aspects of the spoken word. I'm just going to jump into the second one real quick before I run completely out of time. We have authority to use God's word. Living, powerful word, right? 2 Timothy 3.16, all all scripture is God-breathed, given by inspiration of God. Every word. Is that true? (laughs) I wonder what the next slide is. Speaking God's Word into a dying world. How do we do this? Well, are you sure you can use God's words and speak it into your life? What happens if you speak God's Word into your life? What happens to you? Do you know? Have you ever felt it if you have quoted a scripture that suited your situation and felt it in your heart? We do that, don't we? We do that. It jumps right out and gets us. And, it, and it's an amazing thing. Now, my disclaimer, I've got to throw it out real quick, is that I am not a word of faith teacher like some teach it. I am a word of faith teacher, but not like everybody teaches it. I don't believe you can speak into existence anything you want. God forbid what a mess the world would be if we could just speak into existence anything we want, because we don't see the end of it. We don't know what that is going to turn into. God does. And, back to James, James chapter 4 tells us, you ask, you don't receive. Why? You don't ask right, you ask amiss, so you can consume it on your own lust. Listen to some people pray. The fruit of their heart comes out, and you see greed or idolatry or something in the prayer. All right, so I'm not a word of faith kind of guy. I believe God can do anything. Don't get me wrong. Even when we ask wrong, he does right. Right? I have no doubt of that. I'm just saying I can't speak into existence. I'm six foot five and have a full head of black hair. Well that ain't gonna happen. Just not gonna happen. Right? So you don't do that. You don't just speak everything that you think you want into this life, but but you do speak God's word into your life. And if you don't do that, then uh, you're going to have issues. That verse, Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, tells us why we have authority to use it and imitate God. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. Children, how do you learn how to talk? They imitate and repeat what their parents say. Not always good. That's how they learn. Christians, you do the same. You imitate your father. You imitate your father. But I I can't, you just told me I can't speak worlds into existence. Yeah, when you were three, you couldn't jump on the Buick and drive away either. That's not the point. The point is, God wants you to be like his son, in the exact, just like him, all the way around, right? He wants you to be that way, but you have to imitate him in order for that to happen. You ever hear of that guy? Kenneth Hagin. I've learned a lot from him. He said, your confession of God's word increases your faith. When you speak his word, your faith goes up. We ought to be noisy people. You want more faith? Speak his word into your life. Don't hide it. And it all goes back to the salt, the light, right? It all goes back to letting your light shine. It all goes back to all of that. And it's really nothing more than confession. How do you let your light shine into a world that doesn't know you're a Christian? open your mouth. You open your mouth. How do they know your salt? You open your mouth. It all goes back to this confession. If God has changed your heart, it should come out your mouth. The world should know it. You know, we've been hiding too long. We need to come out and be loud. Not obnoxious. Thought I'd throw that in. Just loud. So we have to do this. I want. We're going to run through a little a little uh, experiment. I don't know how many of you are Christians. I really don't. I hope all of you are. But we're going to run through a little experiment of what it's like and what it feels like to speak God's Word. We're going to do each verse. We're going to do like three verses. We're going to do each verse twice. I personalize the verses. In other words, it's as though you are saying it. All right? Yourself. So, we're going to do it once just because you don't know what's coming. The second time, I want you to speak it to your Lord from your heart and see if you don't happen to feel that strange stirring in your heart, in your soul. People, you know, have all different kinds of names for it. One old fellow I knew called it the smile of God, that when he would get blessed and begin to praise the Lord, and he said, I feel the smile of God. He, inside him, he was just bubbling, right, with joy, with love. To him, it was the smile of God, whatever you call that. Everybody feels something different. But we're going to do this, and it's interesting, and if you really do it from your heart, you are going to feel it, because God's word is living, it's powerful, right? Right? So the first one. Let's do that one. It says, "I love you, Lord, because you have heard my voice and my supplications, because you have inclined your ear to me. Therefore, I will call on you as long as I live." Yeah, I'm going slow. But you go too fast and you don't think about what you're saying. Let's do it again. And look right into the eyes of your Father when you say it. I love you, Lord, because you have heard my voice and my supplication. Because you have inclined your ear to me, therefore I will call on you as long as I live. I love you, Lord. Isn't that something? I love you, Lord. How about this one? Ever have your, uh, your peace robbed? <laughs> Who hasn't, right? When you have your peace robbed, you can take it back. John 14, 27. Say it from your heart. Thank you, Jesus, that you have left me your peace. And your peace is everlasting. Not like the world gives. One more time. Thank you, Jesus, that you have left me your peace. And your peace is everlasting, not like the world gives. How many have peace with God? How many have that peace? It's like falling asleep in the pew. You can't be at peace unless you can fall asleep in the pew, right? I use that for an excuse all the time, but it didn't work at all. If you don't get your peace, try this one. I am letting your peace, Father, rule in my heart, and I am thankful for that peace. One more time. I am letting your peace, Father, rule in my heart, and I am thankful for that peace. I Get in the habit of of, of doing a psalm, proverb, whatever, verse, you know, John 14, Romans 8, goes on forever, right? And find them and personalize them and speak them into your life. Speak them into your life. Now, what you need to know is what that looks like. Is if if something comes up in your life and you're, you're not really sure how to handle it, you run to the Word of God... You find out what the Father has to say about your issue, right? I mean, we have a gazillion Bible study tools today, and you can find it. Believe me, you can find it. Get a concordance, whatever you need to do. Find out what God says about your situation. And speak His answer into your life. A couple things happen. One, you learn God's Word about it. You learn the Father's heart about it because maybe what you wanted to do to resolve it is not what he wants. All right? You're going to find that out when you get in the Bible. When you find out what his heart is, that has to be your heart. But Lord, I really would i would really rather just shoot him. You know what I mean? And he'll say, no, you can't shoot them. That's not fair. This is how you're going to handle this. And he will walk you with the in the power of the Holy Spirit, He'll walk you into that answer. But you have to proclaim it. You have to get it going. You have to get it outside of yourself. This is a paradigm shift, folks. It's not something you uh, are used to doing. But, and how many of you know the armor of God? Ephesians eight. Everybody's heard it, right? What's the last armor on the list? I heard it from a pastor. <laughs> Not fair. We'll discount it. Most people will say this is the last thing on the list the sword of the Spirit. Most people will say that. The word of God, the sword of the Spirit, list is done, except for pastors. Because the very next verse tells you what the last one is, and it's exactly what he said praying in the Holy Spirit. All the time. What holds your armor on? Prayer. Remember last week I said what holds the foundation together? What's the mortar? Prayer. What holds your armor? Think of it as the Wizard of Oz with the tin man in the oil can. He squeaks. So they oil him. You put on the armor of God, it don't fit just quite right. You oil it with prayer. Right? It makes it work. Prayer is the answer to all of these things. Of a truth it is. Revelations chapter 19 talks about Jesus coming back on a white horse. And it talks about another two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. It is the word. Where's it coming from? Out of his mouth. What does that tell you? It tells you that even Jesus still speaks the word of God out of his mouth. Even when he comes back on a white horse to rule the nations, he will be using his voice. you got to get used to it. I know it may sound different. It may sound like a paradigm shift, like, what is he talking about? What's the big deal? You won't know till you do it. But if you will absolutely get into it, It happens. Here's one to take. Father, you are rich in mercy toward me. Oh, yeah. You love me with your great love. You have made me alive with Jesus. Thank you that you have saved me with your great grace. Say that one. Father, you are rich in mercy toward me. You love me. With your great love, and you have made me alive with Jesus. Thank you that you have saved me with your great grace. In conclusion, no, I don't need a keyboard player, wherever you're at. You're not there? Okay. (laughs) I just thought, in conclusion, I'd have piano players all running up front, here, which is a good thing, not a bad thing. Let your voice be heard. And when you do it, let your heart be revealed. Let God hear your prayer. Increase your faith by confessing God's word. And defeat Satan by confessing God's promises over your life. Remember, what is it? Uh, Corinthians, what, 120? 120? that all those promises of God are yes and, and Jesus. They're a done deal. Claim them. Wednesday, we have another prayer meeting. I want to thank all you guys that came out. There was like 20-something people there at a prayer meeting. But again, huh? let's double it. Let's double it. But again, yeah, drag them in. Just go out on the street and yank them in. Say we're having a prayer meeting. I'm <laughs> I mean, that's fine by me. Uh, But again, I want you to be thinking. If you're going to show up Wednesday night in preparation for the ninth, be thinking. I need to come expecting. I I need to come realizing I can't just sit and be quiet and do nothing. Because I could have done that at home. Right? And watch the NCAA or something. The point being is when you come, please, when you come, come in a way that you are totally expecting a wonderful touch from God. And if you come, don't let go of the throne until he touches you. You don't have to. He don't want you to. He wants you to be persistent. Luke 18, 1, Jesus tells us, he told the parable of the persistent widow. Why? So people would pray always and never give up. Get a hold of God. Get loud with God. If you're not a loud person, get quiet with God. But use your voice. Speak up. It's a paradigm shift. No, I'm not trying to convert you into one of my old holiness churches. I'm just trying to get the point across to you that there is such freedom in being real with God amen he's the savior of your soul the lover of your life your eternal your eternal benefit why wouldn't we why wouldn't we want to be all of that with him so let's close in prayer 1202 pretty good huh heavenly father lord i thank you that you have given us a voice Father, you have given us the ability to praise your name, to speak into this world things, Lord, your blessings, Lord, to tell others of Jesus, to see salvations, to see healings, all coming from our obedience to speak up. Lord, don't let us be quiet any longer. Don't let us be so quiet that we allow the opportunities you're placing in front of us to slip by. Lord, help us to hear your word in our heart and speak it out our mouth. Be with us together. Bless all the goodies that I know the comforts have brought. Father, bless them in their ministry for that. Call us out, Lord. Call us out in a mighty, powerful way that we would truly be the church in this world, that they would hear from those people at Mount Hope. Lord, that if you have a prayer, that's where you go. That you come, because these people will pray for you like you have never been prayed for. We need to be that church. Bring us all back together, Lord. Increase the body of Christ here, Lord fill us with your spirit draw us all back again in jesus name amen we pray you enjoyed this message if you would like to partner with mount hope church you can make your tax deductible donation online at gaylerchurch.com from there just click on give online now thanks for listening we can't wait to be with you again next week